Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. You guys know them well by now. And if you haven't tried their premium Italian coffee, I don't know what you're waiting for. Who doesn't want premium coffee delivered right to their door so that they can pretend in these days of the COVID lockdown that they're sitting in the rolling hills of Tuscany enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, maybe even brewed in some professional brewing, uh, coffee brewing equipment supplied by Lorenzotti Coffee. So if that sounds good to you, do yourself a favor, go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know that I sent you and you can get 10% off your order. That is lorenzotti.coffee, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I, dot coffee, promo code FICTION for 10% off. Get your days started right with a cup of coffee that tastes like freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee. Coffee, promo code fiction. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And I'm told I have the best intro music in the business, which I take great pride in. I did spend a lot of time trying to find the right music for this show and putting together the intro, which I really enjoy. And now that we have uh, a new President Biden there's been some chatter in the private Facebook group, uh, among other things, too. Maybe some on, on Twitter as well. And if you're not in the private Facebook group, you need to find us on Facebook before we get canceled. <laughs> that is one of my goals, is to get the group so big and awesome that Facebook cancels us. But find us on Facebook. Just do a search for the Peddling Fiction podcast group or whatever the hell you guys do on there. And it's there's a public page and a private page. The private page, you have to answer a few questions to get in and that and that's the private facebook group that i um that i always reference and if you want to follow me on twitter you can do that at pedal fiction but there's some chatter about maybe adding some biden quotes to the intro to the to the show which i would love to do and believe me you have no idea how many idiotic um uh, quotes from politicians I was going through when I was trying to design the intro to this show and how many I wanted to put in there, but I couldn't because I only have like uh, a minute, less than a minute, I think. It's about 45 seconds or something until that beat drops. And it, it's going to be tough. I would love to get some Biden in there, but it means I'm going to have to, I think, take something else out because... Uh, it, I think it would just mess up the the whole rhythm of the intro, which I I think is is 
spaced out pretty perfectly, if I do say so myself. But goddamn, are there some good Biden quotes out there? And I think, you know, I, I, I put it to the private Facebook group. Of, I was taking suggestions and there were some pretty good ones in there. I mean, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. I'm leaning towards the um, the, the one where he's talking about the, the you know, the the thing. <laughs> and I think that would just be perfect for the the whole theme of the show. But I'd, I'd have to take something out. And I do, you know, I, I'm, I do have two Trump quotes in there, but they're both very short. So they don't really take up a lot of space. The, the, the most likely candidate would probably be the uh, Obama debt ceiling quote, which um, I, I've always loved that one, too. You know, raising the debt ceiling doesn't mean <laughs> that we're, we're increasing the debt. Uh, that's exactly what it fucking means. But um, anyway, so I'm playing around with that a little bit, trying to come up with uh, some Biden quotes for the intro. And the, the thing is, if, you know, if this show is a smashing success and I keep doing it through um, several presidencies, I don't know how we're going to incorporate the, the best quotes of all time in there because, um, man, it's, it's a tight, tight space and there's just plenty of political blunders to get in there. But um, anyway, welcome back, everybody. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and for those of you not familiar with the show, we talk about politics, current events, and economics from a libertarian point of view. I hope you had all, all had a nice weekend. Mine was good as usual. I, it's very hard for me to find things to complain about in my current situation. So I have to keep tuning into the United States news to find things to complain. Oh, before I forget, we have a brand new sponsor for today's show. And it's um, I think you guys are going to be very excited about this. It's a very big company. They're throwing tons of money at me. And it's Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I am going to be ripping on Coca-Cola quite a bit today. So I don't expect them to be uh, on as a sponsor anytime soon, nor would I fucking take them after this um, this whole uh, try to be less white training seminar that they were putting their employees through, which I just find uh, hilarious, fascinating, and and just disturbing uh, all at the same time. And there's there's a lot going on there, so I want to talk about that a little bit because it's kind of a it's been a pretty slow news. Uh, cycle the last few days. I, I did an episode Friday, I think it was, and there, there hasn't been much going on, you know, in, in terms of big news stories or anything like that. The um, I got something here about how the uh, <laughs> fucking GOP wants to counter the Democrats uh, with a $10 minimum wage. So that's the that's the compromise that these idiot fucking Republicans are coming up with. And man, they're just never going to understand how to fucking do this thing, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that. I, I have a little follow up to the the uh, 1.9 trillion dollar spending bill that we talked about. I think it was on the last episode. There's just they've gone into more of the waste, fraud, and abuse. You know that that is buried in these you know huge stimulus packages. So we could touch on that a little bit, but uh, th th that's all sort of. Um, follow-up stuff to things that we've already talked about. And those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, you know that I don't like to do news in a vacuum. So I try to build on previous episodes. So maybe we can build on the things, those two things that we talked about last week after 
I deal with this whole um, Coca-Cola insanity. So for those of you who have not been on the Twitters or have been living under a rock for the last couple of days, uh, Coca-Cola, and this is, um, I'm reading here from Fox Business right now, so take that with a grain of salt, but it was the first um, article that came up, so but, but the, the people have been posting like screenshots of this like all over Twitter and everything. So I'm not too worried about the uh, Fox angle bias on this one. But Coca-Cola raised some highbrows this week for promoting an online training seminar that urged employees to try to be less white in order to combat racial discrimination. The slides from the training seminar have been shared online, featured tips on how to tone down whiteness. The tips to be less white included be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy. I don't even really know what that means. And then break with white solidarity. I guess I have to take the training seminar to, to understand how I need to break with apathy. Um, does that just mean don't be apathetic? Anyway, uh, another slide tells viewers that in order to confront racism, they must understand what it means to be white and challenging what it means to be racist. So white people in the United States and other Western nations are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Now, that's a quote from uh, another one of the slides. It continued, research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. Okay, first of all, uh, I don't think we are socialized to believe that we are superior because we, we are white. I think... What, what we are socialized to believe is that people of color are, in, are being held back by white people. And all of the problems that you face is because of all these, these you know, white supremacists out there that are you know, inherently um, evil. And e even if they're not aware of it, they're subconsciously uh, racist against you. And, and the whole deck is stacked against you. And so it's not that... Uh, they're, they're socializing us to think that whites are superior. It's just that they're socialized everybody else to, to telling them that they're inferior because they aren't white. Uh, that, that seems to be a little more accurate uh, from my perspective. And of course, you guys know me, I am white. <laughs> um, but th this whole thing is just unbelievable. So I guess one of the, um, there was an attorney for the Center for American Liberty founder, um, Harmeet Dillon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Share the slides on Twitter. These are the uh, images from the internal whistleblower, I guess, who who's calling this stuff out. But it says, confronting racism, to be less white is to be less oppressive, less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I think everybody should be less ignorant. Uh, be more humble, listen, believe, and yeah, break with empathy. Okay, I already talked about those. Um understandably <laughs> coca-cola has been taking a lot of flack uh on twitter and, and social media for this you know i coca-cola was racist or something like that was was trending on twitter for a while i tweeted out a, a lot about you know the the memes on this were just fucking hilarious um it's just it, it is just a great time to be alive not even if you're just white you know um <laughs> 
<laughs> just to be able to like share these memes and rip on like a, a huge like have like all of the people that are uh, offended by this ad or whatever just make fun of Coca-Cola uh, all at once with just great, great comedy is, I don't know, I, I get a kick out of it. It was the same thing that was happening with Ted Cruz when he went to Cancun. Like, he was getting ripped on, and the and the memes that came out of that were fucking hilarious. Just, just absolutely great. Great time to be alive. Hey guys, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And you know them well as Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, this is the perfect alternative for all you smokers out there. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can enjoy and get your nicotine fix from anywhere in the in the country, wherever you are. Doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, in a non-smoking area, in a smoking area, with a hot date, doesn't matter. You could pop this toothpick in, chew on it a little bit, get that oral fixation that, that some of us need, and also get your nicotine fix at the same time. And nobody's none the wiser. They come in six great different flavors. They got a variety uh, for you to choose from, or you can get the ultimate flavor pack. They also have one that's infused with B12 and caffeine. So it's not just nicotine. If you just want to get a caffeine fix and a shot of B12, you got to go check them out. They're cheaper than any of the over-the-counter nicotine alternatives, the gum, the patch, the uh, chewing tobacco, whatever it is. These are going to be cheaper and cleaner than a lot of those other ones and just more convenient. I mean, how, how much easier can it get to just pop a toothpick in your mouth for a couple of minutes to get to get your craving satisfied? I can't think of a, a better way of doing that. So go to zippixtoothpicks.com. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, and you can start curbing those nicotine cravings without smoking, without chomping on some gum, without having a big wad of chewing tobacco in your cheek. All you got to do is go to zippixtoothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you can pop a toothpick in your mouth whenever you need it to satisfy those cravings. So make sure you go and do that right now. All right, let's get back into the show. So yeah, of course, Coca-Cola comes out and they're like, oh, well, this is uh, not part of our company's learning curriculum. Our Better Together Global Training is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. <laughs> it's compromised. Uh, it's comprised of a number of short vignettes, each a few minutes long, and it includes a, a variety of topics, included including on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, the idea that this is how you um, include people. Hey, you you can be included with us. You just have to be less uh, arrogant. Be be less ignorant, you ignoramuses, and uh, you know, listen to us. Believe everything we say. Like this is the plan for diversity and inclusion. Let's just sit white people down and lecture them and call them a bunch of arrogant assholes, essentially, as if these are the only uh, these all these characteristics are uniquely white. It's just like. Wow, man, th th this is some plan here. And like, yeah, they talk about how we're going to unify the country, right? This is some more of the, the unification, I guess, we can expect. Uh, some more classes about how we have to sit down and be told that um, all, all white people are, you know, not only have these like subconscious uh, racist beliefs that they don't even know they have, there's nothing they can do about, but that they... Um, they're also just a bunch of fucking miserable bricks and they need to be more humble and less certain <laughs> and all that other nonsense. Uh, that, that's going to go over real well 
with the whole unification thing. It, it, it really is just unbelievable that this is their approach and that uh, there are people out there, there are a lot of people out there that don't see anything wrong with this and that they feel completely comfortable in telling a, a, a huge portion of the population, hey, you know, just, just try to tone down the, the whiteness a little bit. You're a little too white over there. And I mean, obviously, you could turn that around. And, and if you tried to say anything like that to, uh, you know, just a, like a, a, a Mexican or something, try, just try to be a little less Mexican, okay? The, the outrage, the national outrage and the, the repercussions you would face would be um, astronomical. Like the, the boycotting of the country, you wouldn't be able to get advertiser, you know, they, they would really come after you if the uh, the tables were turned on this. But what really, um, there's a lot of things that really bug me about this whole, this whole mentality, like this thing that they've done here. And I'm going to try to explain what, what they've done here and how they've, they've turned this into just one of the dumbest things that, that is really going around our, our society today. Because if white people are inherently flawed, which is essentially what they're saying, right? We are we are born with this. It, it's it's almost it's like a sickness, right? This white supremacy sickness that's inside of us, and it's it's all these unconscious bias that we're not aware of and that we can't control, and it just comes out, you know, whenever it, at all different times, you know, it can lay dormant for a while. And then, you know, you get in a certain situation and boom, out, out pops your white supremacy. Um, you know, we can't control it. We don't even know that we have it. And the implication is that obviously that all these things are bad, like white supremacy is bad. Racism is bad. They're, they've sort of used those interchangeably now, even though they've um, never really defined <laughs> what any of those things are. Uh, they've changed the definition. You know, racism is now like, you know, uh, race plus power or some stupid thing like that. But the implication is obviously that these are bad, these are evil, and that they need to be dealt with. And that's why they're having this seminar, right? We need to deal with all the problems of being white, with our whiteness. We have to get, we have to um, acknowledge it, figure out, you know, understand that we have these inherent evils within us and we have to address them somehow um of course they never say how they just use meaningless buzzwords like we need to confront it or have a national conversation or an open conversation about race and then of course if someone like me a white guy tries to have a conversation we're labeled all the things that they're accusing us of being and want to have the conversation on you know we're called all kinds of things so i mean they've, they've really um They've really painted us into a corner here. I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to do here, right? Because it's apparently not okay to be white, right? Um, you can be a little white, just not too white, right? You got to tone down all these negative aspects that apparently only belong to white people. So I guess white people are the only ones that are arrogant, that are cert uh, are certain. I, I, you know, I've never, I've never seen, um, you know, AOC seems certain of herself, right? Uh, of course not. Less defensive. Never seen anybody but white people be defensive. But I, Or maybe they are defensive. It's just okay if they are. You can be certain and defensive and arrogant and ignorant as long as you're not white. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, by this definition of whiteness, this is going to be the whitest podcast of all time. 
I'm telling you right now, like albino white, okay? I'm going to be more certain and arrogant than ever. (laughs) Why? Because fuck you. That's why. It's not because I'm white. It's because I have a backbone. And I'm not just going to sit here and be lectured to by a bunch of condescending idiots that, quite frankly, know nothing about me. Uh, Because you told me not to. That's why. You know? How about that? And yeah, because <laughs> I guess I was kind of an arrogant prick to begin with, but I'm going to kick it up a notch just uh, just because you told me not to. And to come from Coca-Cola of all fucking companies, like they're probably responsible for more fucking morbid obesity and diabetes and deaths from complications related to that and by an extension from COVID because of their fucking sugary shit they've been shoveling down the throats of American kids for the last, uh, I don't know, 80 years or whatever it is. <laughs> They're going to lecture us on, on being more humble and less ignorant and, and uh, less certain and all this shit. Like, go fuck yourself. How about you work on getting rid of like, uh, I don't know, 20 of the fucking 48 grams of sugar you have in one of your fucking cans of soda before you start lecturing white people on how to behave. I mean, they've done a tremendous amount of damage to the American people just through their unhealthy products that they've been pushing. And God knows how many Coca-Cola products are out there. I mean, they they got their hands in all kinds of stuff, but I don't drink that sugary shit anymore. You know, when when I was a kid, there weren't a lot of other options. But now, you know, I, I like the sparkling water, the LaCroix, the knockoff LaCroix, that sort of stuff. I am that guy. I am, you know, un- unapologetically that guy. But it's just, I don't know, there's something funny to me of a, a company that's um, just been getting Americans like fat and unhealthy. Their their entire existence depends on, uh, you know, morbidly obese people guzzling big gulps. And they're going to tell us, you know, to be less white. Now that's, you know, that's one thing that, uh, you know, we could be less white and uh, drink less Coca-Cola, drink less sugary shit and uh, stop double-fisting cheeseburgers, maybe get some exercise. That'd be a nice be less white (laughs) thing, but anyway... Let's take a quick second and thank another sponsor for today's show. And this is, of course, the Lucky Guy Bakery, bringing you homemade, handcrafted, delicious brownies using only the freshest, all-natural ingredients. They're not too sweet. They're not too salty. They're just super chocolatey and super delicious. They've got all kinds of brownies for everybody out there. I like the original, but if you're a peanut butter guy, they've got the peanut butter bonanza. If you like oatmeal, they've got that for you. If you're vegan, they've got you covered. If you're gluten-free, they've got you covered. So go to the luckyguybakery.com, use my promo code PF20. That's P as in peddling, F as in fiction. 20 for 20% off your order. Send yourself some brownies, send them to somebody that you care about, and get some for that significant other in your life. Chocolate makes everyone happy. They have done studies on this. The reaction that people get, particularly women, when they're indulging in some dark chocolate. Give her the chocolate orgasm by going to the Lucky Guy Bakery and using the promo code PF20 for 20% off your order. It's the best of both worlds. You satisfy your girl. You satisfy your sweet tooth. You support the show. And the Lucky Guy Bakery is a fan of the show as well. So everybody wins here. You won't be sorry. Check out the LuckyGuyBakery.com, promo code PF20. Um, 
it's not okay to be white, which, you know, I was reminded of that, uh, that those internet trolls, this was like, I don't know, a few years ago where they were just like coming up with all these ridiculous things and, um, trying to get, I don't know if it was on Reddit or something where they would just post these, um, ideas and try to get these things to be, or it was 4chan. I think it was 4chan, right? Um, they'd come up with these ideas, like we're going to make the okay sign, uh, a white supremacist sign. And then they would start peppering that all over social media and watch these idiot woke social justice warriors pick it up. And they got, you know, like the guy that got kicked out of the Cubs game a while back, uh, for the okay sign. Um, and then they did this, they had this whole campaign that they did where they just started posting around the internet, hey, you know, it's okay to be white. And then they would just watch these fucking people freak out and, and th- their minds would just explode. Like, um, apparently it's not okay to be white, but how do you actually go and attack that, right? Uh, without sounding like a a racist uh, piece of shit the, the other way, right? And of course, the, the way that they tend to do that is they redefine what racism means. It's like, oh, well, you can't be racist if you're if you're not white. Um, but anyway, um, what I was getting at here is that if us white people are born with this inherent evil in us that needs to be cured, right? It's the it's this evil sickness that has to be cured. What they are in fact saying is that white people are inherently inferior to everyone else, to to black people, Hispanics, uh, Asians, because none of them are born defective like us white people, like the the white people who are who are born with these you know mental defects that make us uh, that that make up all these unconscious biases that are just the the worst thing ever. Uh, you know, it's like there's something wrong with our brains. You know, none, none of them are defective like all us whites who are, uh, what we're, what, what are we again? We are um, oppressive, arrogant, we're too certain, uh, too defensive and ignorant, and uh, we're not humble enough, we don't listen, we don't believe, and we're, uh, we're not breaking with apathy or white solidarity. So um, none of them seem to have those issues. And um, I guess they were just born better, right? They were born without these conditions that all us white people need to tone down a little bit, that we need to deal with, that we need to sit through seminars and be lectured to. So that the, the irony here is that all of these people lecturing us to tone down our whiteness, they are in fact the supremacists, right? Because because if if there's something wrong, like inherently wrong with with just white people and their brains, uh, you're, you're basically saying that you're you know since you don't have these unconscious bias that you're you're superior to us. I mean by definition, right? They were born better, and then of course they never really defined what white supremacy or what racism racism is. By the way. Uh, you know, and that's obviously intentional. They have to be intentionally vague so that they can label anything and everything white supremacy and or racist. I mean, and, and they'll say, you know, all the other shit like, oh, it's subconscious. It goes deeper than just white supremacist. It's these thoughts and feelings that you don't even know you're having. You know, what's also interesting is that all these people that are lecturing us and that are putting on these seminars, which, by the way, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into this enough, but I venture to guess um, I will go way out on a limb here 
and tell you that or and guess that the person that was leading this seminar for Coca-Cola um, that was you know giving you tips on how to be less white that was uh, what was the topic again it was um, how did they phrase it understanding what it means to be white what do you think the odds are that the person giving this presentation was white by the way just out of curiosity what do you guys put in the over under there uh, on that one is it over under one percent what, what do you think i mean either way it's hilarious like if, if it's uh, a white person lecturing other white people on how to tone down their whiteness that's pretty fucking hilarious but I mean, odds are it was a person of color, as I believe you're supposed to refer to them now, but it's been a while since I've had one of these um, toning down my whiteness seminars, so I think due to COVID, you know, I, I should probably re-up on that. Anyway, th- these people that are lecturing us, us white folk, um, they sure seem to know a lot about what's going on in our heads, right? Um, they seem to have a lot of experience with these types of feelings, which is very interesting to me, isn't it? I mean, this is not only like pure projection on their part, which I've talked about at length in other episodes about how I believe that they're just projecting all of their own beliefs onto this. And But this is all just a bunch of bullshit. I mean, white supremacy, it's not unconscious, okay? It's a conscious belief system that white people, the, the white race is superior to other races and that since they are superior that they should dominate over them that we should dominate society everything should be under our control now if you believe that (laughs) i'd say you're an idiot for a number of reasons that i don't have time to really go into today but if the answer to whether or not you believe you are superior to other races simply because you are white if the answer to that is no then you are not a white supremacist you're not a racist, okay? Um, consciously or unconsciously. White supremacy is a conscious belief. It's a belief system. I mean, it's a conscious belief system. A white supremacist is someone who would subscribe to that conscious belief system. You can't unconsciously subscribe to a conscious belief. I mean, this is just a bunch of nonsense. Oh, but you see, you see, you whites, you're just a little too blinded. Uh, you're, you're too inferior to really know that you have these thoughts. You, you see what they've done here? They've redefined what white supremacy is and what racism is. They use those, like I said, sort of interchangeably and, and vague, as vaguely as possible. They've redefined them to be these obscure subconscious beliefs that they're very vague about whatever they mean and they can pretty much be anything. You just, you just have to listen to us to know what they are. And that you don't even know that you have them. That's how, you know, subconscious they are. So even if you think you're not racist or even if you think you're not a white supremacist, you are. You are because we say you are. You see, we can tell. We can tell that that uh, you do have these subconscious beliefs. We know better than you. We know better than you what your inner thoughts are, what your feelings are, your subconscious, what's going on in there. We know much better than you do, uh, what's happening there. And, and you see the irony here? <laughs> do you see what's going on? They're claiming to be, they're essentially claiming to be superior to all white people who have this inherent flaw in their subconscious whilst claiming whites are evil for consciously or subconsciously thinking the same thing. 
Uh, they're, they're telling us that we have to acknowledge our thoughts of superiority while simultaneously explaining to us how we are mentally inferior to them. I mean, like, like what? What the hell is going on here? This is just insanity. And like I said, there's never any solutions presented to this. We just beat up on some white people. We just demonize white people. Like, we're the only ones, white males are the only ones in society that are not allowed to really fight back against this. You know, they get to lecture us on how bad we are, even if it's subconscious and we can't help it. (laughs) But apparently that still makes us evil. And, you know, how can you even present a solution to that? I mean, what are we supposed to do? If it is, in fact, like they claim, if we have these subconscious thoughts and ideas that we aren't even aware of, what are we supposed to do about that? I mean, how do you get rid of them? You just be be more humble? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, ah, oh, oh, yeah. The, no, that's right. I forgot. The solution is to sit down at these seminars and be and listen to people, you know, like AOC and other prominent minority figures. You know, tell us what we're thinking and tell us how to think and what were all the things that uh, we were supposed to work on again. Let me go back to the article here. I got to be less oppressive, less arrogant, less certain, <laughs> less defensive, less ignorant, more humble. I need to listen, believe, break with apathy, and break with white solidarity. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll get right on that. Um, go fuck yourself. How about that? How about that? I mean, this is literally the dumbest shit going around our culture today, and that really says a lot. I mean, it just drives me crazy that they've created this environment where nobody can point out, uh, you know, the, the insanity of this without being canceled. And like I said, like we can't um, it's not OK to be white. Right. But it's also not OK for white people to appropriate other cultures. Right. That's racist. If we do that, I can't get dreadlocks or something because I'm culturally appropriating. or I can't like uh, start cooking Indian food or something because I'm culturally appropriating or make or sell tacos. I'm culturally appropriating. And that's racist. So I can't do that. Um, I, I can't be white. What am I supposed? I'm blackface. Like I tweeted, it's clearly out of the question. So what what am I supposed to do? Should I just kill myself? <laughs> just tone it down. Tone it down to what? Work on my tan, which I am gonna go do here in a little bit. Although it's uh, almost sunset, so I have been toning down my whiteness. I got a pretty nice tan going here. So I I don't know if my job is done yet or not. But it didn't seem to have much to do with skin color as much as our attitude. We need an attitude adjustment, but they're not leaving us a lot of options here. If uh, it's not okay to be white and it's not okay to appropriate other cultures, what uh, what are we supposed to do with ourselves? And, and then you start to really get into where they're trying to go with this. But you see what they've done here? They've gotten control of this thing. They've, they've taken control of the narrative and they've made it so that if you speak out against whatever bullshit they're spewing, you're obviously the evil thing that they've been warning everyone against. And therefore, you need to be shunned from society and have your life ruined and, you know, kicked off social media, kicked off your, you know, payment systems, all this stuff, because you spoke out against the, the uh, you know, the narrative that you're not allowed to speak out against. And the other thing is, like, I could easily just turn this around on them. I would love to get have one of these one of my own seminars where I just I sit down a bunch of uh, people of color and, and I can just go okay well um, you're all you know black and and uh, brown supremacists <laughs> which oddly enough that wouldn't garner nearly nearly the vitriol that it would if they were you know white supremacists but 
obviously there's some historical context there that kind of makes sense. But I could just say you're all racist against white people. You may not know it, but you see it's it's subconscious, okay? So even though you, you don't know that you have these thoughts, I'm telling you that you actually do. And all this talk about white supremacy and racism and, and whiteness and trying to tone it down, that's just your subconscious way of projecting your hatred for white people. And I mean, what are they going to do? You can't possibly defend against that. What's their defense going to be? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, not me. That can't be me. I don't have those thoughts. I don't hate white people. Well, you, you, you see, you do. You just don't know it. It's subconscious. You have it. You just don't know that you do. But I'm telling you, you do. So, you know, what us white people are going to have to have you, uh, what we're going to need you guys to go ahead and do is recognize and acknowledge your racism against us. And we're going to need you to repent for your original sin. And we're going to need you to bend a knee and then tone down the blackness a little bit. And you guys are a little too brown and black for us. Let's just try not to be so black, okay? And then just list all of these, you know, characteristics that aren't unique to to black people at all. They're just unique to people who are fucking assholes, apparently. I mean, uh, they, they say try to be less white, but it's basically just like try not to be an asshole. It's like don't be arrogant. Don't be like ignorant. Be more humble. It's like, okay, could easily just name this seminar Don't Be a Jagoff. But I mean, could you imagine? And, and that's just that just goes to show you how insane this is. Like, what, what's the defense against that? What, what, what could they possibly say when they tell white people that we have this unconscious bias, these beliefs that are just ingrained in us, and there's, you know, we just don't know it. And when we deny it, they say, well, it's because it's subconscious. Well, okay, how about you have these subconscious beliefs? Now what? <laughs> it's like, now where are we? Uh, oh my God, the whole thing is just fucking insane. And then what about the Asians? You know, how come they're never included in any of these conversations? I mean, they're people of color, but they never seem to be included in these um, oppressed groups that uh, I guess I don't, you know, my subconscious doesn't have any of these, you know, uh, racist thoughts or, towards Asians. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I mean, if anything, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're far more different than white people than like, um, you know, uh, Hispanics or something like that. I mean, they got, they got different eyes. They got a really different culture. Their food's very different. Um, I don't know. Why aren't they, uh, why are, why isn't my subconscious anti-Asian? Like, why don't I feel superior to them too? Maybe it's because I've seen their math scores and they're all really good at the violin. I don't know. <laughs> I do feel a, a, a superior driver to Asian women. That's for sure. But you see the, the Asians, the reason the Asians aren't included in any of these conversations is because they're, they've been historically very successful in the U S and just around, you know, um, they have like really good test scores. They're, you know, above average and like salary and everything like that. They get good jobs. They have, um, you know, they, they just, they're very successful uh, overall as a group. And so it's hard for them to claim, a, you know, a white supremacy suppression because they've, they've been successful. I, I, but how do you explain why my subconscious doesn't oppress the Asians like how come they can still be so good at the fucking cello with all of my all of our evil you know all this whiteness that's just oppressing them and, and uh keeping them from being good at things I don't know dude this oh god you you just have to laugh at it somehow but like 
All right, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Photo IQ. Guys, you know I've been talking about them for a while, and I've also been talking about building your human capital, investing in yourselves, learning new skills, and I know all of you guys think you take good pictures. Listen, you don't. I've seen your pictures, okay? They, most of them suck, right? Um, some of us have a, a natural born ability, that, that good eye for photography. I'm one of those people, but even I don't know how to take really good pictures. I, I know what makes a good picture. I don't necessarily know how to execute all the time. And that's where Photo IQ comes in. They're going to give you one of the most advanced online photography courses of its kind, like nothing you've ever taken before. They will help you build an uh, uh, an online portfolio. They'll give you feedback on, on all of your um, all the pictures that you take and everything like that. It's going to be more in depth than just about any anything you take up to the college level uh, advanced photography courses. And it's going to be far less cheaper. You don't have to take out any student loans or anything like that. You just got to go to photo. IQ.co and use my promo code fiction, you will get 20% off the order. So any classes that you order for this guy, right now he's giving you 20% off. He doubled the discount for 2021. Don't miss out on this. I don't know how long the 20% is going to last, so go and get it now. You don't have to take the classes now. You can take them whenever you want. There's no time restriction on this or anything like that. You can take it at your own pace whenever you have time. And he'll give you a money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into the show. What's the plan? Like, where are we going from here? What What is the plan with all this shit? I mean, the, these seminars that they that I, I can't believe that even, even after the, the whole, uh, what was it, Gillette, where they did the the... It wasn't a it didn't explicitly say white men, but it was like, you know, toxic masculinity campaign, but it was basically directed at white men. You know, it was like they had black men telling us, you know, to be less toxic in the commercial. I think I remember a a black guy in there, but it was like, yeah, you know, this toxic masculinity campaign. And they took a shitload of fucking flack for that. And now here comes Coca-Cola with a try to be less white seminar. I, I just don't understand what the plan is here. And what they'd like us to do, like, uh, okay, tone down my white, like, they're they're basically making the case that the alt right makes. It's that like, we 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 don't want these these groups to be together. Like, uh, if you're gonna be like really white, we 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 want you over here, and uh, you know, you you do your own thing, we'll do our own thing. They're they're making the case for segregation because clearly we can't coexist with our you know this all this toxic whiteness going around all these oppressive arrogant certain and uh ignorant white white folk wandering around society i, I don't know what do they they want to cut us with a little something like we we just have to have a bunch of um interracial uh you know relationships and after a, a couple generations we can get rid of all the all the pure white white people and everybody will be automatically less oppressive less arrogant uh more certain oh less certain we got to be less certain yeah less defensive less ignorant more humble they'll listen they'll believe and uh <laughs> break with apathy <laughs> i mean 
Oh my God, dude. What the fuck is going on with this society? It, it really is just hilarious to me watching the, the whole, dude, the United States is just in the last throes of empire. And like it's, it's things like this that really solidify that. I don't know. This is just absolutely insane to me. But anyway, I guess, I guess that's enough for, uh, Enough about that. I, I'll I'll work on uh, toning down my whiteness after this episode. I'll uh, I'll figure out how to do that. Maybe I'll meditate on the beach or something and uh, do some yoga. Figure out how to be less white. Are we even allowed to do yoga? Wouldn't that be cultural appropriation? Who came up with yoga? Doubt it was a white guy or a white girl. But man, these white chicks—they certainly love their yoga. Um, surprised that doesn't have you know that doesn't come up in this be less white thing. There's a lot of you know like. They could at least come up with like better things that would make the world a better, you know, like, okay, how about some, we have less like pumpkin spiced flavored shit for like six months out of the year. Or, uh, I don't know, like white reality TV is like the fucking worst thing ever. You know, the Jersey Shore and the Real Housewives and all all that shit. About we get like less of that white stuff and, uh... (laughs) instead of just uh trying to tell people to be uh you know less certain uh I- i'm certain of one thing you guys are all full of shit and this is ridiculous and nothing you could really say to me to the contrary could convince me but anyway let's move on from that and let's make fun of these re- republican retards for a minute just a couple minutes because i got a wrap here pretty soon i am running low on time the sun is about to set So uh, the GOP senators counter Democrats with a $10 minimum wage by 2025. Now, this is why a couple things like this is why the uh, uh, Michael Malice had that quote, you know, uh, conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. Right. They're they're always the Overton window is always shifting to the left. And, you know, the Democrats come up with a a thing and they, they call out a number. You know, we need to give them two thousand dollar checks, and the, the Republicans are like, "No, no, we can't do that. That'd be, you know, way too irresponsible, and the the deficits and the budget. So we'll give them six hundred, and they they immediately concede the the principal position of the argument, and they come up with this thing. It's like ten dollars by twenty twenty five. But why? Why ten and not fifteen? And why fifteen and not twenty? Like this is just so stupid. The only way you could win a fucking argument on this or like you know win over the american people is if you make the argument for no minimum wage you can't just have a slightly lower minimum wage i mean that that's that's idiotic and again why by why do they always phase it in over time do it immediately anyway gop senators uh tom cotton from arizona and mitt romney of course you know the heroic Mitt Romney unveils a proposal to raise the federal minimum wage to $10 an hour by 2025, countering the 15-hour increase baked into the Democrats' $1.9 trillion stimulus package. So that's, you know, one of the other things that they baked into that thing that's, uh, you know, not really part of COVID relief, but I guess, well... Yeah, loosely, you could make that argument. The federal minimum wage has been seven twenty five since 2009, which is approximately $15,000 a year for a 40-hour work week. According to Axios, in addition to gradually increasing the federal minimum wage and youth minimum wage each year after the COVID-19 emergency, Romney and Cotton's proposal would mandate E-Verify for all employers to ensure the rising wages go to legally authorized workers. Blah, 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 Senate... Uh, parliamentary Elizabeth McDonough, McDonough, 
will rule as soon as Wednesday whether Democrats' 15-an-hour wage hike will be included in the broader stimulus, which would be voted on through a budget reconciliation process requiring a simple majority to pass. According to the report, if a $15 increase doesn't make it into the final package, it will need bipartisan support. Okay, and then so and then you know people always also make these other just retarded arguments against the middle. Like, oh, the the nonpartisan congressional budget office, which this actually says here, says raising the minimum wage would result in 1.4 million jobs lost by 2025, though 900,000 people would be lifted out of poverty. Now, you should never cite the congressional budget office. Okay, first of all. They've never once been right in the history of the office. They're wrong about everything. All their projections are bullshit. Everything they say is based on these models that they get or, or these numbers and these projections that they get from these budgets and these politicians. They give them these things and they say, hey, if all this bullshit we say is true, what do you think would happen when we did this? And then they would crunch these numbers. But again, they, they're starting with bullshit. So none of it's true. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like... 1.4 million jobs lost. You don't even know. You can't possibly imagine how many jobs would be lost or how many jobs would never come into existence because of the $15 minimum wage limit or even the $10 minimum wage. Like wherever it is, whatever the problem is at 15, it's the same problem at 10. And it's the same problem at 20. It's the same problem at 50. You're pricing unskilled labor out of the market. And the argument that the these idiot Republicans fail to make every time, instead of just coming up with a slightly lower number and having no principled position on the matter, because, you know, if if $15 an hour would be 1.4 million jobs lost, what would 10 do? 10, you know, it'd be like, okay, 850,000 or whatever. You know, I can't do the math because I'm an idiot, but, you know, you can figure out the math based on that. And it's like, okay, well, we're still destroying jobs. We're just destroying less jobs. And, and pulling fewer people out of poverty. I mean, that's an idiotic position. What they need, the art, the way they need to attack this is to make it pro worker. And it's not about like that, that's the other thing they talk about. Oh, the the businesses are just going to pass these costs on to the customer. Uh, you know, not necessarily. Um, they could just fire people or not hire people to begin with or never open the be- the business to begin with. You know, that's the seen unseen thing that you don't get to see. Like, how do you know how many businesses never come into existence and never hire anybody because they can't afford to pay somebody $15 an hour to do X, Y, and Z? And by the way, one of the reasons they can't afford to pay them $15 an hour is because of all the fucking taxes they have to pay. So again, and there, there's so much more cost involved in hiring somebody that all of this regulation and all these politicians pile on. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment insurance, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And just then you have to the factor in the, you know, the, co- the liability cost, like they could sue you for wrongful termination and discrimination and all this stuff. I mean, I can't because I, I'm just a, you know, a white guy that needs to tone down his whiteness, <laughs> but um, tell somebody else to tone down whatever uh, skin color they got, whatever their culture is, tell them to tone that down a little bit. And I think you'd have a pretty big lawsuit on your hands as an employer, but they should make this about being pro-worker. Not like pro business, not like and you know it's this is going to hurt the the poorest among us, the people that are trying to climb that job ladder, and this is removing those bottom rungs. So instead of taking nice, easy, gradual steps up the ladder, they have to try to jump and catch like the fifth rail, 
And uh, a lot of people can't do that. And so they get stuck in poverty and dependent on the government, which is the way they want them. Um, the way they want us, for sure, is is dependent on these government programs. And then they can you know, keep raising the minimum wage and then eventually make the case for uh, a UBI or something like that. But the argument should be for no minimum wage whatsoever. I, I just don't know how you really argue against that. I mean, it's not like... If employers were so greedy that they could get away with paying somebody a dollar an hour, why why do uh, why doesn't everybody make the minimum wage? Why is it only like you know two or three million people, whatever it is? It's because they have to compete for labor. You can't underpay for the best labor and the most skilled labor. Um, you know the the it's it's a function of your productivity. How productive you are determines how you know. And how how specialized your skill is determines how much money you can command in the labor force. And, th- and that's the stance you have to take if you want to try to win this. You have to argue for the abolishment of the minimum wage, not, you know, arguing for like a slightly higher or a slightly lower minimum wage. Or like I've talked about in other episodes, call their bluff and make it $40 an hour tomorrow. And then, and then you can feel the immediate effects of this right away. Or even just $15. Do it next, start next week. Why over 10 years? Why does that have to be over five years where they can phase it in? And then they can find all of these things to like obfuscate the effects of it and, and try to uh, hide, you know, how detrimental it actually is to the economy. Anyway, I, I think I'm going to wrap there, guys, because I'm going to go watch the sunset. Thank you all so very much for listening just know that there's a bunch of wasteful shit in that 1.9 trillion dollar bill and that only about half of it is going to actually things that could be considered covid relief i think you guys get the gist of that so we are going to wrap there today don't forget to follow me on twitter i did get a, a a good amount of twitter followers after the last episode but i'm still like i i don't understand why um my, my twitter following hasn't grown as much i mean i know i'm not very good at the social media thing but it's a really easy thing for you guys to do and if you want to support the show and you don't want to you know do it monetarily or you don't want to share the show you just go follow me on twitter uh, it, it should take like two seconds. I would really appreciate that. I just want to get those numbers up. Let's start with that goal. And once I achieve that goal, then we can start. Um, I can start asking you guys for some more favors. So go follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction and tone down that whiteness a little bit for the for the sake of humanity okay adios <laughs> <laughs>